on SAFM. Indeed. Good evening, Mr. Andrew Newman, who is an author. First of all, Andrew, does the name Songa Zomapepe ring a bell? Uh, you know, I've been out of the country for four years, so I have to say it's new to me. <laughs> Let me remind you, you are walking around at Simon's Town, end of 2012, beginning of 2013. We met, and later that evening, you were in conversation with me in Cape Talk, Cape Town, and you promoted... And you promoted a book that you had sort of pretty much just, what, catching poems in the UK and then you just put together at the traffic. You you know what I'm talking about, huh? I know exactly. So nice to reconnect. Thanks for the reminder. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Now let's ask this question. How should the last 20 minutes before bedtime be used between parent and child? This is especially following this decision that we have now been discussing for the last 50 minutes with Vessel van den Berg in the context of child upbringing. Obviously, I won't imagine 20 minutes should be spent spanking a child, but let's talk about the positive ones in terms of engaging a child. How should parents do so? Well, look, let's set a little bit of a ground. You were talking about a a very deep topic, and you're talking about the psychology as well, and I can say that kids can only learn when their brain state is in this executive function. They cannot learn when they're in a survival brain state. And in survival mode, all they've got is is a fight or flight or, or collapse in the heap. And so uh, the, it's, it's important for us as adults to learn how to help kids cultivate that, um, uh, that executive brain state and to access it and then to help them um, get over any difficult moments that have happened in the day. Maybe you've had a tough moment where as a parent or a teacher you've had to be the disciplinarian Okay, that's happened, but what's the, how's the kid taking that home, and where's it swirling around inside them? Um, are they, uh, do they then think, no, I'm not safe to go to school, or I'm not safe to be myself, or I can't speak up with my own thoughts? Now, of course, that's not what we want for them. We want for them to be able to to have this full expression of themselves, to to learn and grow, and at the same time learn about boundaries and roles and responsibilities and accountability and all of the things that make a, a, a healthy human being. And so um, coming alongside your kids, particularly when they're under six or seven years old and doing a bedtime story and reading with them is, is, is such a beautiful practice because it's your love and care in those moments that helps them integrate the difficult moments that they've had during their day. How? How? Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting I've got some mechanisms in my books that I invite parents to use, one of which is shared breathing. Shared breathing creates togetherness, and so each of my stories starts, I breathe for me, I breathe for you, I breathe for us, and I breathe for all that surrounds us. When we do shared breathing, then we relax, and um, and we become an ally. We're no longer in that kind of authoritarian parent position. Now, all of a sudden, we're pals, and, and it's good for us to be able to shift alongside and to do that. Um, we have influence over four things um, uh, to create good connection. Um, and connection is the healer for, for isolation, for aloneness, for fear, for anxiety. Connection is the healer for that. So we want to get skillful in how we create connection. We, we, you know, to do that, we've got to get the timing right. If the kids are too tired, then we miss our window. Um, uh, we, we've got some control over ourselves. How are we feeling? Can, uh, can we be uh, gentle, kind, and present with our kids, or are we aggravated by something that happened at work and we're playing it out? 
um, we've got some control over the environment. Maybe we can, you know, turn the light down and put some background music on, uh, choose the, the, the regularity of the content. Um, and then we've got some, some choice over what it is that we're reading um, and what the message is that makes that, um, that story congruent with the transition from day to night. Now we've been, we're actually slowing down, we're changing speeds, we're preparing to rest. Um, you know, if you're, if you're doing a skop, skit and donner type of uh, <laughs> uh, um, wild and crazy, um, uh, then you're, you're delivering a mixed message to your little ones and that uh, doesn't harmoniously transition into sleep. Whereas if you arrive with your calmness and you read something that, that it has calmness to it and has a gentle message to it, um, you can really help your kids go to sleep feeling safe, loved, and like they really matter. This is a good opportunity to get one or two parents who are probably seized with putting their little one to sleep now, or even better, have just done that, to give us a call quickly and describe the last 20 minutes of your child's waking hour this evening. 891 If you're a parent at home right now, what was the last 20 minutes of your child? We want to engage that because I know um, I've just, I have a friend who says he always goes to bed, and this is for you, Andrew, perhaps you can engage the psychological benefits of all of this, who says just before his kids, teenage kids might I tell you, go to bed, he says he goes to each and every single one of them, three. What was your win for the day? What was your loss for the day? And what do you look forward to the most to tomorrow? And then he reads them passages from his journal as a teenager. In other words, he relives his teenage years to his children who are more or less that age as when the father might have been, so that they build a friendship more than a relationship of father and son. Rather, he wants to be in a relationship with his children. What else are you at home doing to create those 20 minutes, last 20 minutes of your child's waking hour to make sure that you are still mom, you are still dead, and you are friends in the household. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. Respond to what I've just said, though, Andrew. You, you know what a great example that that dad's doing this. The, thing, the, the piece that I like about it is that he didn't just go, "What's your win for the day," but he actually says, "What's your loss for the day?" Now, in the back of a, one of my kids' book called "The Boy Who Searched for Silence," we have something called the gratitude spiral, and this gives parents some questions that can support this for them. So, one of the questions in that is, you know, what one difficult thing happened to you today? And then we ask who helped you with it, right? And uh, it, it sometimes those difficult things when they happen to us take over like what I talk about, the squirrels in my head start running wild and, and, and all I can see as I finish my day is that one moment that didn't go so well. And then so so the balance that, that your friend is, is modeling there is perfect. You know, what was your win? What went badly? Maybe as a parent that, that opens up a moment because they share something and then it's like, wow, you know, can I help you with that? Or, or, or do you need any help with that? Or, um, you know, when this happened to me as a kid and I've got the right piece from my journal, it, 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 he might be able to refer back to. And that narrative then becomes a modeling that helps the little ones to, to internalize something. We want, our kids need, need, need like language running around inside them that isn't, uh, all critical. That isn't because that then just becomes their critical inner voice. And we want their, their positive inner ambassador to be ready to, um, to speak up for them in any moment. And they get that from hearing us be 
kind and loving and modeling how to be that ambassador to them. I've got one question. In the relation of the society in which they live, which is not necessarily an expression on my part that this is a desirable society, to the extent that the violence that is out there exists and they see it for so long as they are not in the safe space of home, how then are children equipped to better deal with potentially an imminent threat? I'm not saying corporal punishment is a way to prepare them for that, but how do they deal with the violence that society otherwise has, but they are nonetheless not exposed to at home for the purposes of their own inner resolve and development in dealing with a whole range of issues that society will ultimately throw at them? (laughs) Right, big questions. How do we give them the resources to face the challenges they haven't yet faced, is what I was hearing in your question there. Um, And... Uh, certainly that's something that I've woven through stories. We look at a story like the hug who got stuck. And the hugs coming out of the hug factory in the center of the heart, it gets caught in the web of sticky thoughts. So how does it get free of sticky thoughts? Then that answer lies in the hero's journey of the story. And by the time we get to the end of the story, kids have got a new language. They got, we know what a sticky thought is. We know how to get free of it. Um, and what I'm hearing from kids and parents is that they uh, have this moment where it's like, Little five-year-olds going, Mom, actually, I want to do this practice in the book because I've been having a nightmare that the mom didn't yet know about. So uh, stories are, uh, and all stories, have this incredible way of resourcing the inner territory for the child. Um, And when we do the act of story time, it doesn't matter whose book we're doing or whether we're watching um, a movie together, there's this, this journey that we go on where we meet the character, We get the character usually gets into trouble, there's usually no way out, and then something happens and they find their way out, and we complete that pathway. Um, Brené Brown has been commenting um, how this sets up a particular um, physiological response um, with hormones being released into the system that give us a sense of contentment and success. Now, that is really going to serve in the wider societal context to be able to see a difficult moment happen in a story and to see a success come through and out the other side on a story. We can apply that to the wider societal stuff. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cut it short there, Andrew. Stay on the line. I'm going to have a private conversation with you, but it's now time for 9 o'clock news. Good evening, Greg, and so sorry for the slight delay in things. Stay tuned, everybody.